Travis Robinson, career coach and host of the Everyday Worker podcast. If you want to learn to design your best life and have the courage to live it, you should be listening to the More Than Corporate podcast with my good friend, Amber Furman. Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am super excited to have you guys with me today. I have an amazing interview coming up with Travis Robinson. Travis is a career coach and host of the Everyday Worker Podcast. He enjoys helping people who feel lost in life and unhappy in their job to find new direction and create a fulfilling career. He studied and worked as a mechanical engineer, but he knew he wanted to take his career in a new direction. Travis had to overcome a lot of challenges that most people end up facing when they want to go against the grain and make a pivot in their careers. Even today, he's always learning about careers and keeping his eyes open to the next step in his life. I'm super excited to dig into this interview with Travis. I know we're going to hit on some amazing things for you guys. Really quickly, before we do, this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Design Your Life Mastermind. Are you someone who is a serial accomplisher. Let me explain what I mean by that. Are you searching for that next thing that you need to accomplish to find the happiness, fulfillment, or success you've been missing? You keep thinking, I'll be happy when. Believe me, I've said those words and I know your pain. I used to chase success like it was a pot of gold at the end of some accomplishment rainbow. And just like that pot of gold, the closer I got, the further away it seemed. Because it's an illusion. It doesn't exist. If somebody was to ask you what does success mean to you and you can't answer that question, then the Design Your Life Mastermind is for you. Head over to designyourlife.successdevelopmentsolutions.com to schedule a call with me and see if we're a good fit to work together. The sooner you do, the sooner you can start living the life you've always wanted instead of chasing an illusion that you'll never obtain. And with that being said, let's jump into this amazing interview. Travis, how are you doing today? Great. How are you doing, Amber? I am good. Thank you so good. much for coming on with me. We are live streaming this to the Success Center community. So thanks awesome. for being open to that as well. Um, so career coach, me mechanical engineer to career coach. How does that happen? Yeah, it's um, not something that I never thought that I would ever do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like I, like you said, I studied mechanical engineering. Um it, uh, I could go into more detail if you'd like, but basically it just never sat right with me. Um, I kept, I kept going along like a lot of college students do, even when they feel like it's not right for them. And, uh, you know, I assumed I figured at some point I would take a engineering class and the topic would just like excite me. And I would be like looking forward to doing that for a career, but 
every, every class that I took, it was always like interesting to me, but it never, um, it just never really like got, got me fired up. Um, it wasn't until my senior year that I took, uh, I was able to take just a few uh, elective classes. And so I was able to take a couple business classes. And in one of the classes, we were required to read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen yes. Covey. Oh, man, that <laughs> that was like my first introduction into this idea of uh, personal development, basically. And I had never listened to like Tony Robbins or Brendan Burchard or Tom Bilyeu. Um, but then I started getting into it and, and my wife actually told me about this guy, Brendan Burchard, and that he has this podcast. Just a little guy, right? No, yeah, just not a little very guy. Heard of him. Yeah. And I remember her telling me about it, of how he's kind of like this motivational guy. I'm like, okay, I'll listen to like this, this guy that's going to try and motivate me, whatever. Um, and so I, I listened to him on the drive down to take my, uh, GRE test, um, which I wanted to take so that I could get into my master's of engineering program. And so I was listening to this podcast as I'm going to take this, this awful test. <laughs> and, um, and it just like, uh, it just clicked with me so much. Like I totally understood um, where he was coming from, the perspective that he had on life and opportunities in life. And it, it finally made me realize like, wow, other people kind of think the way that I do. Other people feel like you don't have to like pick one path and then go gun ho in that direction whether you enjoy it or not. Other people uh, actually have a perspective that a job is more than just a job, that it can be something that you actually enjoy and are passionate about. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I wanna dig into a couple of things that you said because I think sure. that number one, I resonate with them, but I know that there are people listening who do as well. So you're going to school, you're obviously invested in this mechanical engineering path and mm. you've got, is it the GRE that you take? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds as bad as the bar exam. Um, <laughs> and you're realizing that this might not be for you. What is your thought process like as you start to switch? Like, did you have that resistance of, I'm so invested in this? Like, what am I oh, thinking? For sure. What was yeah. that like for you? Yeah, it, it was an interesting, um, at, at that point when I was still in my bachelor's, I still didn't have any kind of um, thought process of moving away from engineering it was more of just like, oh, there's the kind of this cool new world of personal development. Um, and I actually even, I remember one day I was on campus um, and I was, I was working on homework. And, you know, a lot of times on campus, you have people, other students that come up to you and they're like doing surveys for their class or something. And so I had this business student come up to me and he was, he asked me a couple questions. And after he was done with his survey, him and I got talking a little bit. And I had told him that I was planning on going to do a master's. And he started kind of questioning me on it of like, why, why are you doing that? And is it really going to be beneficial to you? And at that point in, in my development process, I was still very defensive of like, how dare you question me <laughs> on the path that I'm going, you know, like inside I was like, yeah, I have no idea why I'm doing it, <laughs> but, but you know, you want to kind of, you want to give off this uh, persona that you know what you're doing with your life. And so I, I was like protecting that when he was asking me those questions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that that's really interesting because we do go into this moment where we don't want to have to actually answer those questions. I think it's mm -hmm. almost like a protection mechanism, right? Like what if we answer this and we end up saying, well, hell, I don't know. 
-hmm. What does that mean for all of the time, money, and resources that we've actually spent getting there? So that's really interesting. How long did it take you before you were able to say, okay, maybe I don't know why I'm doing this? Like, and answer that question. Yeah. um, Well, so after I graduated, I went and worked as a mechanical engineer at a company in Washington. And um, with your master's or your bachelor's? With my bachelor's. Okay. So there was about there was about a seven month period between where when I graduated to when I started my master's program, and that that's when I was working at this company. Um, and when I was working there, there was there was a lot of uh, different uh, like daily tasks that I had to do where it was just kind of mindless stuff. Um, and I would binge listen to Brendan Burchard and The School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. Yes. And, you know these different <laughs> podcasts. And, uh, and so I was just getting all, all consumed in that. And so during that time, I definitely, it started becoming more and more like, what, what am I really going after? What am I really doing? Um, but the thought that was still um, at the forefront of my brain was, I'm going to go do a master's because for one, school is safe, right? Everything's laid out of what you have to do. Um, and then also my hope was that I would figure out what I do enjoy doing and, and what I do want to go, uh, where I want to go with my life. Um, and it, I guess, I, I don't know what switched. When I started the master's program from like day one, I was just like, this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't a path that's going to help me f- find the answers that I'm looking for. Um, and so pretty quickly, I started questioning, like, is this really what I should keep doing? Um, and I started bringing it up to my wife and yeah, those were fun conversations. <laughs> I'm sure. So was she like, so she introduced you to Brendan Burchard, right? Is that, is that what she you said? Did. She probably okay. regrets it to some extent. <laughs> Just so she was on this personal development path, at least to a little bit. So when you started saying like, okay, I don't know if this is for me, was she supportive or was it like a, what in the world are you doing conversation? Well, both of us, so, so my background, my, my dad's a real estate attorney. Um, my mom's been a stay at home mom. Her dad, my wife's dad is a, a dentist. Um, you know, they, once he graduated from dental school, like they found this practice, they've stayed in one location. I've grown up in the same town my whole life. Both of us like very, like you get a job, you stay in that job, you support a family, you know? Um, and so that was definitely like right off the bat was was kind of her right wanting to protect her persona of what what we should be doing with our life and so um yeah it wasn't uh it wasn't like oh yeah you should do what makes you happy kind of thing um but it i also wasn't approaching it like i'm going to drop out it was more of just kind of this building up of you know i'm thinking about it like what else could i do like what what are our options um is this really worth it those kinds of things and so it was conversations over time um but it's interesting because at one point i remember um talking to my wife one night and i was complaining once again <laughs> about not wanting to be in the program and this was the first time she said why don't you just drop out then and it was weird because at that moment now I didn't have anybody like I didn't ha- I didn't I couldn't blame anybody else for why I was there because she was like why don't you just do it then and I remember telling her after she said that I said you know when it really comes down to it I don't think I could ever actually drop out because in my mind that's just not me like I you know I've always done well in school I've always attended classes um, and so to drop out of a master's program 
where I had a full scholarship. I was getting paid to get my master's degree, literally. Um, yeah, it seemed ridiculous and crazy. And so it's interesting that, you know, I had that thought, I literally said that out loud. And then a few weeks later, I do make that decision to drop out. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really interesting. There's a couple of things that you said that I think are really, really interesting. And they all kind of combine to make this like stair step mentality that I think we all go through. And the first thing you said is that school is safe. And holy cow, is that true? Mm-hmm. Like we, it's, it's this bubble, right? Where we get to push ourselves or at least feel like we're pushing ourselves, but it's really this, um, you're, you're moving towards your next thing. You're mm-hmm. protected. Um, so it's really interesting that you've, I've never actually thought of it said that way. Like school is safe. Cause it certainly doesn't feel safe when you're in it. It feels like hell. Yeah. But, um, so <laughs> to have it be safe, that's really, that's really um, true. And then you talked about like protecting this persona, which I think is something that we all do so often. And we would all benefit from listening to this conversation that you went through with your, with your wife about, you know, this is my identity. This is where mm-hmm. we're at. This is the outward facing identity. And I have to protect that. And I think that we all go through moments where we struggle with who we want to be as opposed to who we're seen as and protecting that and what happens if we give that up. Yeah. Well, and it, it's interesting because, um, you know, the the persona of like who I wanted to become, become um, in, whether it's uh, intentional or unintentional, we're influenced by our parents, our friends, our family, our religious background, everything. Um, and so I definitely had that I- idea in my mind that the, the, the good father, the good husband gets a good job, um, goes, goes to work and pays the bills, puts food on the table kind of thing. Um, but through listening to all these different podcasts, through doing my own journaling and reflection, and, and I had started my, my own podcast when I was working as an engineer. So now I'm meeting other people with new perspectives. Um, it changed the the identity that I wanted to create for myself and I wanted to I wanted to become a father and a husband where my kids could look at me and say our dad was able to create the life that he wanted to that he doesn't go to work uh you know begrudgingly every single day he doesn't just settle for a a safe path in life but he's shown us that he's that we can create opportunities in our life and that we can create uh, happiness and a life that that's going to make us feel purposeful and, and fulfilled. That's amazing. And that identity is so much better than doing what I think I'm supposed to do because my entire life I've thought I'm supposed to do it. Yeah. Which I think is what school ends up being for so many people. Yeah. Well, and I think it's definitely like that. That's the mentality of like, you know, the industrial age of like working a factory job, right? And you just like go, you put in your hours, you come home and then you crack open a beer and watch TV the rest of the night or something, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I had this conversation um, with somebody the other day that it is so generational because if we were to talk to um, maybe our parents are too close, but definitely our grandparents and say, you know, I'm really not happy at work. They'd be like, what does that have to do with work? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand what those two things have to do with each other. Right. And now we're in this age where 
we're really understanding that you can have it all. You can have the fulfillment. And the, you know, the thing with happiness is that it comes and goes. And so it frustrates me when, when people are like, oh, but I'm not happy. I get that. Happy comes and goes, but are you fulfilled? Mm -hmm. I think that that's the better question. That's true. And, and it is um, definitely something worth noting that you, you can create happiness in whatever opportunity that you go into. And, and that's something that I like to talk with my clients about when I first start working with them is, is let's, let's look at your current situation and find as much happiness right now that we can. Because if you're always looking to um, find happiness simply by changing the circumstances, then you're always just chasing happiness. And I think that's where people who are like chasing their passions get a bad rap is because they're, they're always looking to the next thing for happiness, as opposed to finding that balance of not being content, but also being happy with where you're at presently. Yeah, for sure. And that's something that's really powerful. So if you guys are listening, I want to make sure that you heard that. If you're always trying to create happiness by changing your circumstances, you're just chasing happiness. And I think that's what so many people do. So I'm really glad you brought that up. So you decide mechanical engineering is not for me. Um, And what was, so you you talked to your wife, your wife is finally like, okay, go, just go. I'm tired, right? I'm tired of listening to you talk about this. Just go. Um, Probably much more loving than that. Um, What was your family reaction? Like you came from a very educated family. Did they understand the choice or were they supportive? My siblings more so. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think partly my siblings are, have been not jealous, but uh, have admired the fact that I've been willing to go against um, my, my parents and, and kind of like what their ideal is of what I would be doing with my life right now. Um, and so, but talking to my parents, yeah, I mean, the, they weren't like against it, you know, it's not like they were, we're going to disown you at all. Um, but it definitely wasn't excited about it. Um, their, their kind of mentality is more of a scarcity versus an abundance mentality. And, uh, their, their thoughts, uh, immediately go to what, what are the risks involved with this, as opposed to my thoughts are what's, what's the possibilities of this. And, and I tell that a lot with my clients too, like, you have two choices. You can, the, the risks are very real and the possibilities are very real and it's your choice of what you want to focus on. Yeah. So this scarcity abundance mindset thing is something that is so prevalent in mm-hmm. what we talk about as entrepreneurs. So for you, did you always have an abundance mindset or did that come through the change of perspective from finding podcasts and personal development? Yeah, I think it came through through me starting my own podcast, through uh, listening to other podcasts like Brendan Burchard. Um, it, it just opened my my eyes up to um, the other people's uh, perspectives on life. You know, when when I would so when I was thinking about dropping out of the program, I was still doing interviews with people for my podcast, and a lot of times I would tell people that I was thinking of that I was in this master's program, but I was kind of thinking about dropping out. And it always kind of blew me away when people were like, Oh, that's awesome that you're thinking about dropping out. Like, that's really cool that you're self that you're aware of yourself enough to, to even think about that. 
Um, and that was kind of a shocker to me. Like that's something I, I definitely had never heard from, from my friends or family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really interesting because you're hearing somebody say for the first time, like, that's awesome that you want to give up on, you know, yeah, things. Exactly. And I, you mentioned something earlier and you were talking about dropping out, meaning giving up and, you know, this idea that if you change your path, if you pivot the direction you're going, that you feel like you're giving up and there's, so much truth to that, where we've been taught, you finish what you start, you finish what you start mm -hmm. our entire lives. And the real power comes from being able to analyze whether what you've started is something that's worth finishing. Totally. Yeah. Well, that's how I view a career all the time. Like, like right now, uh, I've, you know, total transparency. I've been looking for full-time jobs, not because I want to stop coaching. I love doing the coaching but there's things that I've learned about myself when, because I coached all last year. And one thing that I uh, have a hard time with doing the coaching is the, the, that I'm, I'm like by myself all the time. You know, I'm, I'm working on my computer a lot and I'm a very social person. I love connecting with people. I love having people around me. Um, and so that was really hard to be by myself in our apartment. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking at full-time jobs right now. I've, might be getting hired in the next week or so for a startup company, but I don't view it as uh, like a failure or, or like a failed experiment of doing coaching because for one, I'm going to keep coaching in my spare time. But for two, the job that I'm taking, I, I tried really hard to not allow myself to go back into the comfort of engineering because it was very easy for me to say, you know what, I got this degree. Why don't I go back in? And Instead, I've been looking, I've been doing a ton of networking and I've been interviewing with different startup companies in the area um, and really looking at like doing the exact same things that I help my clients do, which is reflect on what, what's going to be most important for me in my next step. Yeah. So when we first connected, this is one of the things that I absolutely loved about your story the most, because so many times people take a leap from being employed or working in a professional field like legal engineering, um, doctor or something like that mm -hmm. and medical. That's what I was trying to say. I'm like, there's a <laughs> word for it. Um, anyways, we, we jump from that. We go into entrepreneurism and it's like, we're never going back. Mm -hmm. And I was just telling somebody this the other day that being a good coach, being a good mentor, being able to find that fulfillment in in your life and help others find the same isn't about telling people to leave a certain field. It's about what fulfills you. Right. And, you know, a startup or another job may fulfill you right now. And then you keep these other options open and you make that shift, but it's never a one side or the other. It's not pitting against each other. It's, you know, what brings you fulfillment? What do I want to do right now? What, what gives me the resources to chase my passion? So I think it's really awesome that you still have both sides of the table open. Yeah. And to go back to when we were talking about school is safe, um, and this this does connect, hopefully I can connect it. Um, with school, it's interesting when you think about when you start school as a freshman, college as a freshman or high school, whatever, we are very patient with the classes we have to take, with the things we have to do, because we know and we've been told that in four years, you're going to come out with this result, with this degree, with this piece of paper. But when it comes to changing careers or, or finding more happiness, we just want it now. We just like immediately want it right now. And we want to know the answer. We go onto a Facebook group, we ask a question and we want the answer of what's going to make everything better. 
as opposed to giving ourselves a little patience and saying, what's, what's the next class, the next small step that I can take? And that, that's like the perspective I come from. I don't really believe in taking huge risks in your life if you don't have to. And so if it is your career path that you're on, that you're unhappy and you want to make a change, do something small that's going to start moving you in that new direction. Take a class on udemy.com or at your you know, community college, whatever that first small step is, that's going to be a safe bet for you. Yeah, I like that so much. And you kind of read my mind because I'm still going to ask this question, but I, I feel like you just answered it. However, you can give a different answer if you want. Um, for the person who is like you, who is kind of searching almost for somebody to give them permission to make that change that is is putting out there. I just don't know that I'm happy. I don't know that this is what I want to do, but they feel like they've committed to it. What is a step that they can take either practical or mindset wise mm -hmm. to start to give themselves permission to actually find fulfillment? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, the first, the very first step that I would tell people to take is to take an inventory of your your thoughts and your emotions why you're feeling the way that you're feeling and try to try to identify where those feelings are coming from you know if you're unhappy in your job it's easy to say you're unhappy in your job but but why is it your coworkers is it the fast paced environment is it your boss what, what about your boss? If it is your boss, what about your boss? Is it, and, and really like keep asking yourself why to get to the root of what's causing these unfulfilling, unhappy, negative emotions inside of you. Because now when you identify that, now we can start moving forward in what we need to change in your life, in your job uh, to, to create a more positive work environment, more positive career for you. So that would be the first thing, really taking inventory and actually journal. A lot of people are like, oh, I thought about it. No, like write it down. That makes all the difference. I can't tell you how many times I, I'm not the best at journaling, but I'm trying to get a lot better. Um, but it, it makes such a difference when I start writing that new thoughts start coming to my mind because my, my brain's forced to kind of slow down and actually think about what I'm thinking and, and what I'm writing. Um, so yes, actually write it down of why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I've never been the most consistent at journaling either. And I can't tell you how many times in my life I've said, God, I wish I would have journaled a year ago. And then it's mm -hmm. a year later and I'm like, man, I wish that I would have journaled a year ago. One of the things that I found though, as I've incorporated journaling into my morning routine is like sometimes even just bullet points. Like you guys don't have to write a novel, just yeah, like write true. it down, just write your thoughts down. So I love both of those pieces of advice. And I think that it's so true. We watch people bounce from job to job. We watch people bounce from relationship to relationship or making changes because they're not happy, but they haven't identified why. And then, you know, two, three years down the road, they're still not happy. And we're like, mm. look, the common denominator between all these jobs and all these relationships is you. So yep. at what point do you start saying, okay, maybe, maybe it's me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's no, awesome. Totally agree. Yeah. So your podcast, what's the name of it? So it's called The Everyday Worker. Um, you can find on most platforms, I think. <laughs> and what's your what's the purpose with the podcast? What's your mission with it? Yeah, I launched the podcast because one day I had a thought that uh, I was thinking about how frustrating it is that we're expected to pick a career path when we really know nothing about it. 
And so I thought, why, why, can't, why can't there be a podcast where you get to learn about the different industries, the different careers, um, and, and learn about the reality of the job, the good parts and the terrible parts. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. And so that's what I do. I interview people from all different backgrounds, different career paths. Um, I've had FBI agents, police officers, I've had graphic designers, I've had marketers, I've had uh, nurses, uh, f- physician assistants, just all, all kinds of people from different backgrounds. I love it. I don't know if you feel the same way. One of the things that I tell people all the time is that my favorite thing about podcasting is that I end up having conversations with people that I would otherwise have no business talking to. Like there is no reason that I should be having a conversation with some of the people that I talk to. And it opens the door to be able to build that relationship, which is really, really cool. It's a nice excuse. (laughs) It is for sure. So for you, what do you think is the biggest benefit that you've gotten out of podcasting as a host? Out of podcasting as a host? Ooh, um, I would say just being able to, uh, to listen intently to people and then asking questions on the spot. Um, when I first started podcasting, that was very uncomfortable for me. I, I did my first interview with my dad and that interview recording is locked away in a vault somewhere because it's awful. Um, (laughs) but it's definitely, um, yeah, it's made me really good in conversations at being able to talk to people, ask questions and, and just like dig, you know, dig into their, their thoughts and everything. Um, I I love interviewing people. I think it's the best. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I can totally relate. My fifth episode is a solo episode about Brene Brown's work. She had a huge impact on, on my life. And, um, (laughs) I didn't know how to work anything that I was doing. And I didn't realize that my microphone wasn't on and it Mm. wasn't selected. And so it was coming out of my computer microphone and my fan was going crazy. The audio is awful. It's ridiculous. And I keep like, I record, I re-recorded the episode in hopes that I could like guide people to the re-recorded episode. And (laughs) this episode is still the most listened to episode of my podcast. And I'm like, will you guys please just stop? Will you just (laughs) go listen to the better one? So it's so interesting that you say that because I think that sometimes those imperfections are what draw people to listen, but then we listen to it as the person who recorded it. And we're like, geez, that's awful. Like that's that's horrible. So your (laughs) first interview was your dad. Did you find it easier? Do you find it easier to interview people that you know their story or people that you're meeting for the first time? Ooh. Um, I honestly, I I would probably say when someone you're meeting for the first time, uh, because like, for example, with my dad, why it was so awful is I was making all these assumptions along the, along the way, thinking that I knew my dad's career story. And he kept kind of nicely saying like, no, that's not exactly how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's kind of awesome. nice coming in fresh because you have no uh, preconceived ideas of what you're, what you should be talking about or what you're going to hear. Um, and so, yeah, it's a little bit more fun that way. Yeah, I think it's a skill that I definitely haven't mastered yet to be able to take a relationship that you have um, been nurturing for a really long time, whether that be a friend or a a parent or just somebody that you've known for a really long time and make it sound like 
one of your first conversations or mm -hmm. make it interesting enough that, you know, because my first episode was with my obstacle course trainer mm -hmm. and there were like so many inside jokes in that episode. I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> and everybody's like, I have no idea what you said, <laughs> yeah. none. And so it's, it's a really interesting skill to be able to interview somebody that you know well. Yeah, no, it is. I agree. <laughs> so um, your podcast, where can people find it? Um, you can go to everydayworker.com. That's uh, my website. You can find it on there or it's on Spotify, uh, whatever um, platform you like listening on Apple podcasts or on anchor. Um, yeah, that's probably the easiest though. Just go to everydayworker.com. You can find my podcast on there um, as well as uh, my different offers. Uh, I have a free workbook that you can get um, as well as I, I do free coaching for the first session. Um, that session is hundred percent focused on helping people get the transformation um, that's really going to impact them. If they continue to want coaching after that, awesome. We can talk about it after we're done having that conversation. But um, that first, that first uh, coaching session is really focused on you, on them. I love it. Um, so let's make a little bit of a shift. So this is um, the More Than Corporate podcast. We talk about designing your own idea of success. And I believe that success is not something that you find. I believe it's something that you intentionally create throughout your life. So what does success mean to you? And how do you intentionally make that happen in your life every day? Ooh, wow. That's a, that's a big question. What does success mean to me? Let's start with that then. Um, to me, success, what that really looks like is, uh, I'm trying to think of how to describe it, but like me being able to uh, be doing things every day where I'm bettering myself and becoming my best self. And not, not for me and for selfish reasons, but because I want to have an impact in my wife's life, in my kid's life when we have kids. Um, and my friends, my neighbors, you know, I, I want to be, to make the most of this life. Um, when it really comes down to it, success to me is when I'm 70, 80 years old, looking back over my life, I want to be able to say, you know, I, I, I did good. I, I took, some, I took some risks. Um, I had a lot of failures, but I'm, I lived the life. I don't have regrets and I don't keep thinking I wish I would have. Yeah. I love um, it. I love it. So taking that amazing definition in a practical route, what is one resource or technique that you use to make sure that you're constantly moving towards that definition of success? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think always reevaluating yourself. Um, and, you know, a lot of people talk about goals, setting goals, and especially we're in January. So I'm sure a lot of people are probably falling off their goals already. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> it's, it's been about four weeks. <laughs> um, but I think just I'm constantly reevaluating where I'm at in my life. Um, my wife tells me this all the time that I'm, I, it, it's a blessing and a curse, but if I start kind of sliding down, you know, not working out as much or eating unhealthy, um, I don't let it go too far before I do something about it. And so your life, it's going to kind of go up and down and up and down. Uh, but the hope is that the trajectory is generally up, right? That the trend is continually going up. And um, I think just constantly reevaluating yourself and not, not being afraid to take, a, take an honest look at yourself in the mirror, um, that's going to be really valuable for yourself throughout your life. 
Yeah, those honest look in the mirror, man, they suck. (laughs) (laughs) Like there is nothing fun about those, but they're so valuable. Yeah, well, and I just with that, like, I think what's so important is when you do take that look in the mirror of also looking at what's different, how you, how your, how your beautiful face has improved. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Being able to see um, the growth, I think is, is huge being able to see, because so many times we make these changes and we don't see the end result because we see ourselves every single day. Right. Mm. Um, And it's not until we look back and we say, oh, that's where I used to be. Like whether it be career or weight loss or fitness or whatever, when we look back and say, oh my gosh, like I forgot that that was Mm me. Um, It's so important. I love that. Thank you so much for that. I think that it's so important. So um, I believe also that you cannot accomplish success without getting out of your comfort zone. So how do you push yourself out of your comfort zone on a regular basis? Oh, on a regular basis. I mean, Lately, I've been putting out a lot more uh, videos on LinkedIn. Um, I, I try and do kind of a daily thought on LinkedIn. I hate making videos of myself. That, that's why I started podcasting because I don't have to show my face. <laughs> <laughs> and people tell me I have a good voice. So I'm like, okay, I can do the voice, but having my face on there, that's uncomfortable for me. Um, but somebody had suggested to me that I should do a video with my daily thought. And so I was like, you know, I'll give it a shot. Um, and it, it has been helping. I think people like it a lot. So, um, that's what I've been doing for the past couple of weeks is making videos of myself and it's very uncomfortable, but, uh, yeah. it's a stepping stone. <laughs> I feel you there. I recently just put this podcast up on YouTube. We were talking about that earlier and it took me, I mean, I'm 150 episodes in and I've been mm-hmm. talking about it since almost the beginning. And I'm like, Nope, not going on YouTube. <laughs> like that's not happening. Um, so I, I feel, yeah. Um, there is a program that a friend of mine runs. If you are interested in it, that's fantastic. They're doing a free accountability group for it. It's called 45 live and it's 45 days in a row of some sort of live content. That's video cool. form. Um, and it's going to be, I'll be doing it and it's going to be awful and amazing. Like most, <laughs> personal development is. (laughs) So for you, what's on the horizon? What's coming up for you that you're excited about in your coaching or your podcast or your career in general? Um, Yeah, that's a great question too. So for this year, for me, um, I'm really focused on growing, growing my coaching business. And I I've set a financial goal for my coaching business, as well as a financial goal, um, assuming that I get hired onto this, uh, startup company that I get hired onto. And my wife and I have really been talking about hitting these financial goals and we're, we're, I don't know, we're kind of joking about it, but also I'm kind of serious at least about if we do hit these financial goals, um, we'd like to move somewhere just a little bit crazy for like four or five months, like Costa Rica or Puerto Rico or something. <laughs> That'd be um, amazing. It would be amazing. Um, cause you know, we haven't really taken a whole lot of risk in our life. And, uh, with this job, it would be fully remote. I can do my coaching fully remote, obviously. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited to, to just ramp things up this, this year. Yeah, for sure. So would you become one of the, um, the van livers, like get a, get an RV and just like travel around the world? Like, um, is that anything that's on your list or would your wife say absolutely not? Like that's not happening. Yeah. I don't know about that. Probably (laughs) not that, (laughs) but yeah, (laughs) it's so crazy. I've seen so many people taking that leap where they're like, I'm getting rid of everything. If it doesn't fit in my van, it's not coming with me. And I'm like, 
I'm creative and, and, um, outgoing, but I don't know about all that. Yeah. I I'm really bad at getting rid of stuff. I literally have like some, uh, paintballing gear right over here, um, that I can see. And, and that's from like high school. I was way into paintballing in high school. Um, and my wife keeps telling me I should sell it. Um, so I'd probably get a few hundred dollars for it, but, uh, I'm like, well, maybe I want to get back into paintballing this summer. You never know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, have tried to do like the Gary V style flip stuff in your house, make some extra, extra cash stuff. Yeah. But I'm the type of person that if I get the urge to purge my house, like it needs to happen now, if yeah. it goes in a pile and I put it out on like offer up to sell, um, the next day I'm going to be like, no, but it's mine. And it's got to go back on the shelf. So at this point it just goes in a box and it gets taken into like di or or salvation army because otherwise it's staying in my house forever awesome (laughs) (laughs) well what i'd like to do is um do a quick random round before we wrap up and let everybody get to know you a little bit are you okay with that sure let's let's go for it perfect so before we do that where can people track you down if they want to continue this conversation yeah, easy way is uh, go to everydayworker.com slash coach. Um, that'll take you straight to my calendar and you can sign up. Uh, you can sign up for a networking session if you want to just get to know me more um, or if you're interested in chatting. If you'd like that free coaching session, then you can as, as well uh, sign up for that free coaching session on that same link. So that's everydayworker.com slash coach. I love it. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. And we're going to have some fun with this random round. I intentionally stopped sending these questions out. So it's my little (laughs) evil laugh. Um, If you could time travel, where would you go and why? Oh, geez. Um, I would probably, I'd probably go back to like uh, 1940s, like 1930s or something like right around World War II. I don't know. I just, I think that whole age is just super fascinating. And I always love movies that are uh, around that, that era. Um, like, I don't know if it's the right, if it's 1940s, but Cinderella Man, have you seen that movie? Where's I have. Boxer? So good. Oh, such a good movie. I it is for movie. sure. Um, but yeah, I just love that whole era. <laughs> awesome. If you could, um, do any profession other than what you already do, what would you like to attempt? Ooh, I could do any profession. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of what are even my options. <laughs> Anything uh, you want. Skills, I not would... a part skills, skill and talent doesn't come into this imaginary game. I would actually really love to be like a, like a coder or software developer. Like, I, I just think that you can do so many cool things if you can, if you're really talented in, in coding and software. I mean, our whole world is practically run on that now. So that's what I would probably go into actually. <laughs> it is for sure. I wish I would have had the foresight to understand that. Cause that was actually my first degree and oh, really? I, I pivoted. And I was like, pivoted, like more like dropped out, but pivoted. Um, And now I'm like, damn it. Like, what was I thinking? Um, What book or resource would you recommend to new entrepreneurs who are looking to level up their life? Oof. Um, I mean, it's hard to, to argue with the seven habits of highly effective people. I mean, that, that book, it just has eternal principles that will never go away. Um, and what's so great about that book too, is that it doesn't, it doesn't give you like very specific, like you need to do these specific things on a daily basis, but it's very foundational principles that allow you to apply it to so many things and throughout your whole life. So 
that's just such a good book to read. It is so amazing. So when you read books, do you prefer audiobooks or physical books? What's your preference? Um, I have to read. Yeah, I can't do audio. I space out and don't pay attention very well. Um, I got a Kindle. My wife and I got Kindles last year. Um, I love having the Kindle. It's super nice because you still kind of get the feel of having a book. But it's nice because sometimes I like reading two or three books at a time. Like I have a leisurely one, but then I have my personal development one. Um, And it's just nice to not have to carry two or three books when I'm traveling or going to the park or something like that. Yeah, Um, agreed. Are you a note taker? Do you like take notes with your books? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I do. Yeah, me too. Um, so my last question, and this is purely selfish. I tell every every guest that because um, I'm a music nerd, and so I have to take this opportunity to bump up my playlist. What <laughs> is your pump up song? What do you listen to that you just can't have a bad day? Ooh. Um, okay, I love this. I've really loved this song lately. That's called "Dark Side" by Grandson. It's not, I don't like, I, I don't even know how I found it. I think it just came up randomly on my like Spotify radio when I was playing one day. Uh, but yeah, take a listen to that. That's a, that's a pretty good pump up one. <laughs> I will for sure. And I'll, I have to say like Spotify's recommendations, there are things that come up and I'm like, why does Spotify think I want to listen to this? And why have I listened to it five times? Like, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> things that I would never think about listening to. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to listen to it once. And then I was like, but wait a minute. And then all of a sudden it's like five times in. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending some time with us. I really appreciate it. I've loved this conversation. And I think it's so much amazing insight for anybody out there who's trying to figure out what fulfillment means to them and how to make a pivot. Well, thank you, Amber. I appreciate you uh, bringing me on and let me share my story a little bit. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that's that sounds like something that you're interested in. The name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.